What up, my fellow Survivor lovers? Welcome to the Survivor Historian, part of the Challenge Historian podcast feed. I am your host, Born Again Survivor superfan, Jacob Hollaball. And with me, as he is every week, although this week he has to be a really good friend and console me because I don't want to be doing this podcast and I'm kind of doing it under protest. F Bruce, we'll start there. Tony, Tony Lance, the great and wonderful Tony Lance. How are you doing? I assume at least better than me. And probably better Marginally. than you were doing last week, right? Hopefully. Yes, I'm feeling better. I'm more I'm more among the living than I was, which is fantastic. Um, I'm equally sad that Kelly was gone because she was my like number two pick for my winner pick at the very beginning. And I've been I've been rooting for her the whole time, um, as well as like a few others. But yeah, this this one, the last two have hurt a lot. This is going to, I mean, this could very well turn out to be the Ponderosa I most would want to hang out at, uh, which yeah. is a good, would probably be for real Survivor super fans out there. It would be a pretty in-depth, crazy super fan question to ask. What Ponderosa do you wish you could hang out at? Basically, which jury do you wish you could hang out with in the islands of Fiji? Um, but so far, if it was just with these two, uh, I would have the time of my best vacation ever. So uh, oh, yeah. sign me up Absolutely. to hang out with Kelly and Caleb. And as much as, uh, you know, Caleb had a little bit of a soft spot for Kelly, I'm sure he is probably thrilled or, you know, in the moment when this was actually happening, was probably thrilled that uh, didn't come to fruition. What I predicted and wished for of Bruce walking through that door and him having to spend time with uh, father figure Bruce for a few yes. days solo. And instead he gets to hang out with Kelly, who's cool and amazing, as is Caleb. Um, so yeah, we're here to talk about survivor 45 and Kelly going home and how much bullshit that it is. We're going to get to all of that. Of course, all everything that goes down in our first true merge episode, the survivor auction is back. All kinds of things going on. Lots to discuss before we do quick programming reminders. BFank over in Challenge World continues. We're into the chaos section of the game, which before we started recording, Tony and I were sharing uh, some, some negative feelings about that that you may or may not be able to hear on podcasts such as this one that you're listening to and or the Challenge fandom. So uh, if you want our opinions about how things are going there, Go check those out. My recap of this week's episode is up. It will be the previous one in this feed. Tony will be recording later this evening his recap on Challenge Fandom. So by the time this episode's out, that one may be out shortly after it, probably within the same day. And otherwise, any other big, we still have, we had the Desi interview a week or two ago. Tony, any other interviews or anything coming up other than uh, just recaps of good old Beefank? Pretty much recaps. I do want to apologize to Katie, who I called Melissa um, last episode. She was our our fan that jumped on last week. Um, I don't know why I had Melissa in my head, but in my head, she was definitely Melissa. Um, in fact, in actuality, she is definitely Katie. So, well, the good news there. is, Katie, that now you get mentioned in two episodes instead yeah, of one. So exactly. there is a silver lining to us effing up names of people. So it's true. Yeah. Uh, you know um thank you for listening and writing in and everything you do in life katie you're a wonderful <laughs> human being and we love you yeah we appreciate you immensely um and the other thing not related to challenge fandom but i did want to tell you something that you may appreciate um as the sole member of the fessy fan club 
Caleb oh, actually well, sole member. Excuse me. Um, I believe Desi Williams is now a part of my. That's true, role. and I I, I did, did tell that. you. I haven't listened to the interview yet, but I did see that you guys made the mistake of posting it on the interwebs, and uh, so I've at least got her. Which do I need anyone else other than Desi? That That's verifies true. the fan club by by far. And I did tell you in I think in red that I was a begrudging member as well. Yeah, um, there's lots of members. Just we yeah, don't we, we don't talk hide, about it. We, most people hide it. They're not out and proud the way I am. But uh, yeah. there's you know people come to the meetings. We have a good time. Caleb uh, Caleb referred to Bruce uh, attacking his own alliance before the other castaways as uh, fessying the situation, which I thought was a nice little button on the top there. Caleb said that he did in one of his exit in exit press. Caleb, Caleb. I mean, I appreciate the reference. And obviously, I mean, Fessy's just top of mind with everyone, you know, whatever, however you feel about him, he's top of mind. And that's what we're trying to do. That's what makes him an amazing cast member. That's my entire argument. But you do this episode, this podcast just somehow got worse uh, because you Bruce and Fessy in the same, I just can't do it. I don't ah, know. But see, we might have to stop this podcast and start again in like 20 minutes. I can't, that's not okay. After you've decompressed. Well, I mean, that's, this means at least that Caleb watches the challenge, which means that we could see Caleb on the we challenge. Need the, we need Caleb in the challenge house. Now. Can he be a mercenary yeah. on B Fank? Is there still time? Have, yes. they already, have they already filmed it all? Is it already done? Um, yeah. Caleb better be on the challenge and uh maybe at the end of this podcast uh which we are going to talk about survivor here it's going to happen and uh maybe at the very end we will do because we surprisingly haven't all season i've composed myself and yeah. haven't done the i want to see this person on the challenge uh ranking so maybe we'll hit that at the very end but caleb will certainly be high high among it as for the agenda for the episode we will hit you know, we'll walk through the episode, hit all the important storylines and beats as always. Then we'll hand out some awards, hit our power rankings, which we're doing full nine. I don't know if you saw that in the outline, Tony, but no more top five I bullshit did. around here. We're going top nine, homework. one through nine, putting everyone in a spot, uh, making it difficult on ourselves. So awards, power rankings. And uh, at the very end, I have a uh, question and a theory and a season idea to pose to um, to Tony, which spoiler alert is just me posing as many ways as possible for them to invite Kelly back on. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's dive in to this horrible, tragic episode of survivor. So we're back at Dakuwaka night 14. And I was actually confused by the literal opening seconds of the show. Cause I, I remember that they were obviously coming back separate yeah. from each other, but at, it, at first it seemed like we were picking up once they were all back. And then I realized they weren't all back yet. So I was a little disoriented at first, Same. but the first tribe comes back, you know, they're wondering what has happened. Um, Drew is upset about Bruce getting symbolic victory. I was upset to, as well. Same. And uh, then some things occur. And basically the main, the main things worth discussing are first and foremost, Jake takes center stage for sure of the episode. He first gets talked to by Bruce. Cause I will, he there, it's not a conversation. He is talked to by Bruce and told how bad of a job he has done and how he has hurt Bruce and hurt Bruce's game and everything else. And he just has for to sit there and listen. being an emotional player, something that Bruce is totally not. 
yeah, completely not. Doesn't have emotional feelings at all about no. jealousy or any any of those things. Um, and then Jake then follows that up by having a rather fun chat with Julie that I really really enjoyed. So anything stand out to you, or which which chat of Jake's did you have more enjoyment watching and or find more interesting for what eventually takes place in the game? I would rank it as Julie and Jake conversation. Jake's confessional and then conversation with Bruce. I don't know for those of you who are not watching video, my hand has lowered beyond the frame uh, for the third <laughs> option. I, yeah, I mean like the conversation between Julie and Caleb was great. I really liked his point of, it was more of a, how I can get, how can I get Caleb to stay than an, I want Julie to go, which is worth mentioning. I mean, it doesn't change the fact that he voted for Julie, I was surprised that she was surprised that she got a vote beyond Caleb's. Like I thought that it was fairly evident that they were together. Um, so that, that confessional kind of threw me a bit, but I really liked uh, Jake's confessional about how I'm really stuck survivor right now. And I would like to not be sucking as much from here on out. That was the first of, uh, there was a lot of good quotes and I, I took much better notes this time, um, than I had been doing in previous ones. So I had a lot, a lot of quotes to come for the award section. That was the first one, or actually it was the second one, but they came kind of right back to back that I had written down. Yeah. His, him and Julie's chat is really fun. They both approach it the right way. Julie is like not being mad or upset and like, not even like faking it. She's like, actually like kind of not, which there's times when you can just not be that upset about a name when it doesn't end up, you know, costing you the game or anything. So I think he handles it expertly. I do like that. He frames it. That's very smart to frame. This wasn't like, I need Julie out of the game. This was, I've decided to try to help Caleb save himself and you became the target. And, you know, D you know, he doesn't say, but it's kind of implied uh, that like, you know, maybe D would have been, but she was safe. And so like you were the next up on, the you know the other side from caleb so yeah love that uh don't love you know i just i just we're gonna talk about bruce a lot so i'll save the thoughts because they they're reoccurring thoughts but i just don't understand his tactics uh I, at all yeah. i just think telling people like this is how everything's going to be and this is how things are and this is this is the game we're playing. And, you know, obviously he's going to win the game because, you know, he's just like laying out exactly what everyone should and should not be doing. Um, it's very strange, but uh, yeah, I don't know why he's so upset. It's, it's a good thing. It's on, it's honestly a good thing for him. And I don't think yeah. he realizes that like you're, you're a new target has been built of the group that you're a part of where you were previously and still currently possibly the biggest target, but now like one of them, when they were left out on their own, like made a bigger target of themselves. You should be actually kind of okay with this ultimately, but now, he's not. Um, yeah. Go I just ahead. thought of something. The The contrast could be that by Jake voting with Caleb, that made it so that Katura actually becomes a more viable option for Reba because she voted with them without prior discussion. And a plus for Katura seems to be a negative for Bruce in and vice versa. That seems to be the only way that this game is played between the two of them. (laughs) But the, the other thing that I found really interesting was when Julie said that she, she felt that it was clear that the lines have been drawn and it has gone to old Bello versus old Reba. 
And I didn't realize that that was ever not the line. Those were ever not the lines that were drawn. I thought that it was like, again, it's an edit, but I thought that it was fairly evident that it was these two, like these two tribes and then Lulu in the middle kind of one on each side. I think that's just referencing that like it was that, but then it became for two votes in a row, like we got to get Caleb out of here and he's you right. know not a part of that and was kind of trying to play both sides of that. And so I think that's mostly just referring to, well, we got the Makes one sense. guy out and none yeah. of us, for some reason, none of us are going to pay attention to the fact that Emily's going to win. And so <laughs> whatever, um, we'll talk more about her later, but she's going to win. Um, the boat arrives then and announces that um, the auction's happening. And before the auction can happen, though, a scramble for the money ensues in which most everyone does a decent job. It's randomized. There's, I think he says 40 pieces, uh, you know, bam, 40 tubes of bamboo. They all have random amounts that seem to be somewhere between 60 at the lowest, maybe, and, you know, 200 at the highest possible in any given tube. But most of them seem to be within, you know, pretty, pretty in that 100, 120 ish category. And everyone does a great job except for Bruce who decides that he can just walk the whole time. The guy that yells at everyone to work hard and to do all the stuff just walks the whole time and ends up with one lowly tube at the end. D ends up with the most tubes and then also the most money and everyone else ends up kind of in the middle. What were your thoughts on this portion of we'll move to the actual auction itself in a minute, but on the, the new setup for it of the scramble for money and, you know, having to basically do a physical challenge of sorts to get money and to get pole position and uh, and everything that came came with the beginning here. Yeah, I actually really liked this addition to the auction. I like that it's up to you to get the money like you. It's up to you and up to your hustle to get the most money and have the most play at the auction, because normally it's everybody gets 500 bucks and then like you just do the auction. So I really liked this element. I felt that Bruce was doing the thing that you see a lot where I'm not going to try because I know that I'm not going to do as well as others. So if I don't try and then I don't do well, then I wasn't trying anyway. And it was very clear that I wasn't trying. So therefore I did not come out on the bottom. And that's really what it felt like of, I'm just going to put my shoes on. I'm going to walk out into the jungle. I'm going to kick some leaves. And even when he got one, he walked back. Um, I mean, spoiler for awards later, but one of my favorite moments of the episode was the montage of people finding tubes around Bruce while he's like, standing there and there's one fourth wall break of drew staring directly down the camera as he picks one up it's a very specific moment of drew literally realizes the camera watches bruce walk past this thing and i looked dead at the camera and pulled off the tree and yeah i loved that um yeah i mean yeah i just don't I, i again i don't understand any of the strategy or the tactics he uses at any point i i think you're totally right in this instance of he knew this might not go well for me. So why not go, yeah. you know, the route of making, having a reason it didn't go well. It's cause I didn't try. It's not cause I, I couldn't do a good job in it, but like there you're not, if you just give some effort and run around, like you're going to find two or three of them. There was no, yeah. you know, everyone that gave some effort found between three and six of them basically. 
and you know just kind of luck of the draw of how quickly did you find that first one or like how you know if you spotted one or whatever and then what was in it but like yeah i i, I don't agree that there would have been with his thinking that i think you're accurate in pointing out was like yeah. i'm gonna do bad so i might as well kind of not make it look like i'm actually bad at something but instead make it look like i didn't try at something so yeah uh, with that, then they all end up with their money and then Jeff arrives or they go to Jeff, uh, Jeff arrives. They go to Jeff. How do they go to Jeff? Yeah. yeah. They go to Jeff, even though the table was just there to hold the things, but then we head off to the first in a long, long while survivor auction. All right. The auction is back. It is the first one since season 30 in 2015, which I obviously didn't know on my own accord. They said it in the episode and I took good notes. Any favorite auction moments from the past before we get to this new modern era auction, Tony, that you want to want to recall? Because I I can't say again, uh, born again, super fan here. I do remember, I remember the auction from when I watched as a kid and like the early, early seasons. And there was even a couple of the clips that they showed from some of the earliest seasons that I was like, oh my gosh, I like totally, I feel like I like remember that. I feel like I saw that. Um, But I, you know, wasn't, wasn't locked in on those middle, that middle era of the show where a lot of these took place and a lot of those clips came from any standout moments from you, any of the clips you were excited to see in the montage of auction past. I find it funny that the montage basically just proved that Jeff is a vampire and does not age because he's like, it's a very, very he, gradual he started to very recently. Yeah, but hasn't like up until probably the last like three years, he's looked exactly the same. Um, I one of the ones that I really remember is on fans versus favorites two. It was um, I think it was Cochran and one of the women who was like one of the last remaining fans and she was feeding him something off of her finger. And Jeff said something about like, that has to be a first for you or something like that to Cochran and Cochran just like off the cuff said, you know, Jeff, it happens more often than you'd think. And it was just such a throwaway line, but it was so perfect. Um, I also just, I like the element of the auction because people can interact with Jeff a bit more um, and they can kind of joke back and forth a bit more because it's not something formal like tribal or like a challenge. It's he's there, you're there, your guards down a little bit because you got the food and everything else. It's a bit more like jovial. Um, I do remember when on Worlds Apart, what happened um, with the auction that's that sort of like, quote unquote, broke the auction. Um so for a while there, like family, like the letters from home were rolled into the auction. So you got your let somebody could bid on a letter from home. Mm-hmm. And then traditionally, Jeff would say, like, who else wants to buy their letter from home at the same price that this person did? So Sharin said towards um, I think it was either towards the start or when the letter came up, whoever gets the letter from home, buy it for $20 nobody else bids against them so then everybody gets their letter from yeah. home for 20 bucks and that in effect sort of quote unquote broke it because there's a period where um mike wasn't going to uh, mike holloway the eventual winner of of worlds apart he wasn't going to because they still hadn't got to the advantage yet so if everybody else puts 20 bucks up 
then the most that somebody else has is 480 and if he keeps his 500 then he's able he to get the, the advantage over everyone else yeah. um, ultimately he did take the letter from home because he told everybody he would but there was that sort of like distrust that was built in that moment yeah and it's just the um, whole thing's broken with that yeah setup the whole like thing's they, broken they when you found a way around the system yeah. and you got to come up with a new system and and i get it um i understand i like the way that the new auction works i like the concept of first five are guaranteed after the first five i've got a rock it's face down i know what it is it hasn't left this spot blah 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 the auction will end automatically however I'm colorblind. So when the rock is sitting there and they kept panning to it, the first time they did it, I was like, it's to establish that the rock is there. But then when they kept doing it, I had this internal conflict of, do they keep showing the rock to indicate that the rock hasn't moved? And because like it is slightly discolored on the top where I don't know, there been fingerprints on it or whatever. So I could no longer figure out whether they kept showing it to be like there's only three items left or if they were just like the rock's still on the counter nobody's moved the rock it's going to be whatever number it was when he pulled it out initially and it wasn't until i listened to on fire um today that he had said we like this time like we took the shot over the shoulder where you could see it to, to decide whether or not we were going to show the audience but we wanted the audience to be as if they were playing. So they also don't know. We may do it in the future. And in my head, I was like, cool. Would have been helpful to know that I don't know. Because the whole time, at one point, I just asked everybody I was watching with. It was like, Does, can you see the number or is it upside down? Because I can't <laughs> tell and I'm colorblind and I feel like it would be like in red. And on the brown rock, I wouldn't be able to see it anyway. So I had like no frame of reference as to what was going on for the first bit. I don't like losing your vote. Yeah. Um, okay. But I never do. There um, we're in lockstep then. Cause yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I'm all for the, like, you don't know what it ends. That's interesting. Yeah. But then it's only interesting because of the penalty that comes with like, there's a reason it yeah. ends at a random point, And that is like, you know, factors into the gameplay of it. But I don't, I hate any time someone gets a disadvantage yeah. purely at random. I need there to be, more reason behind someone getting a disadvantage than like i guess you could say this isn't purely a random because there's strategy involved and obviously everyone kind of after the fifth one they all yeah. go hard on the like whoever has the most just get rid of it whatever items up you just got to like kind of take it um but i just don't like even though it is bruce in the end that loses his vote uh and i was happy for a brief moment in the episode uh but uh yeah i, I don't like that part but i do like I do like the auction. I do like it being open-ended how long it can be. And I do, like you said, that Jeff gets to kind of interact with them in a much different fashion yeah. than he otherwise would. Although he doesn't do any negotiating during this one. No, um, no. like some one single time, I guess he offers Katura. You can swap or not swap yeah. is the only single thing. Um, we won't go through every single item, but a couple ones to just get a real quick thought on uh, stand out. The opening item Kendra immediately says, here's all my money for a beer and pretzels. Yeah. I get that we later get the kind of emotional backstory of why, like what that reminded her of and like why it, you know, maybe put her over the edge of doing that. But it seemed like that was her, what she was going to do from the start. Anyways, I did yeah. not agree with that. Uh, one from just like first item. No. And also like 
a 40 ounce beer is what I, what I think, uh, my body needs. Although I don't know, it's a lot of carbs and like, I don't know. You might feel like shit, but it might give you a little energy for a day or two. And I think um, she was middle of the road as far as numbers go. So I, if I, I yeah, remember. She, so the numbers were, um, the, let's see, here we go. Austin, she had 360. Austin had 700, Bruce 80, D 900, Drew 520, Emily 500, Jake 340, Julie 420, Cat 480, Kelly 700, Kendra 360. So she it's was near the bottom. End. Um, she definitely, maybe she went into that thinking someone's going to outbid me because, you know, I only have more money than three people, uh, two people actually. Yeah. I guess she was really at the bottom. Bruce and Jake were the only ones with less than her, but I just didn't think the items worth it. And the first item out, I don't, I'm not, you, you might get me to give all my money if I have the third lease by the end of it, but I'm not just starting with here's 360, give it to me right now for a beer. Um, D then is the other one that I really disagreed with. On the fourth item, so she has the most money for both. What's that? I have counter arguments for both of them. But go ahead. There's no counter argument for D's. I'm sorry. She has the most money. And on the fourth one, not the fifth one, where there's a, a very small, a one in 10 chance that it could be the last one. She goes all in on a chocolate milkshake, which I've, I'm on the record now a couple times as we, whenever we talk about food stuff, like the sweets are not what I'm trying for here. There's definitely something better. They're trying to tempt you by giving you the big sweets. And they were pretty sweet, heavy on uh, this slate of items here across the whole auction, but couldn't have disagreed with these move more. Um, like, come on, dude, you have the most money. There's going to at least be one item in here. That is like a, a sandwich, some substance, the pizza that comes later, something. I just can't, I couldn't do it for the milkshake. What is your counter argument? So for Kendra, She's third from the bottom. Um, So if she goes all in right out of the gate, it's unlikely that there are going to be other people who are higher up that are going to go all in out of the gate. So this ensures that once the numbers start dropping and we get past five and she doesn't know how many are left, she's out of it. So she doesn't have to worry about losing her vote. Plus, she gets in and out at the very beginning. She doesn't have to barter because there are so many people that can outbid her. And the same thinking as you, like you don't want to get the first thing. So those people are all waiting for more. And I feel like her intention was to just like drop the whole amount on the very first thing and be done with it. Yeah, I'm just waiting it out from her, but it's mostly because it was the the beer. I'm just the pretzels yeah. are one of the better things offered, honestly, as True. far as like what might help you the most. Uh, the beer just makes I'm just like, no, that's going to I just can't imagine you feel good after that. But it, no, I mean, it definitely like, tastes I'm drinking delicious one now, it. but yeah, I'm, I'm also not 16 days of not eating and yeah, barely drinking. Um, as far as D, she's already a fairly big threat, right? Like physical, social every aspect she then gets the most money out of everyone but the item that she takes goes all in on make sure that she doesn't have the most amount of money or anything like that um but she also takes something that is not highly contested so she's not painting a bigger target on her back by like if there was a steak dinner or something like that right and so everybody else is bidding on it and she just drops her 900 because she's got the ultimate fuck you. Like she can drop it and get anything that she wants at any point. But once you get past five, you're hooped. So for me, I think with her, it was a matter of like, I want a milkshake. 
but I also something that not everybody is going to like run right at and try to bid up so that she's not making an even bigger target by taking something that like somebody's been craving since the day they hit the beach. Um, that's the only thing that I can really figure with her is she wanted to take something that didn't paint a target on her back because having 900, 200 more than the next person is already going to paint a target on your back plus your D and your yeah. That makes sense that, yeah, she definitely doesn't want to paint the target because uh, I was going to say like, yeah, when she bids $900, the next most is 480. So like, yeah, she could have bid 500 in one and still had the then set 420 left the second most at that time left for the next items. Right. But yeah, you start to just be like a dick. So you might, you, you swayed me halfway at least on <laughs> D, but I still don't know that I totally agree with it and don't definitely don't agree with Kendra. Um, Katura gets completely screwed. The only bad yeah. item, I guess you could say like Julie doesn't get food and you know, you do want food as much as it's probably nice to brush your teeth. You want food obviously. So half great item. Um, but Katura is the only one that like actually gets obviously a disgusting item that she doesn't even take a bite out of. Austin yeah. does. It was horrifying. They played yeah, up the these noise. squishy noises. These squishy noises they used during that, which were obviously not coming from Austin in the moment, they were, were horrifying. They horrifying. were. It was the sound they they talked about it with on fire. It was the actual noise. What they did was they brought it forward, so they they made it crisper. But it was the actual noise of that eye going squish. Well, yeah, they, from, they had they turned the volume up for sure because it was it was loud. a red snapper. Um, it was a red snapper eye. Um, that came up so from, gross, yeah, so gross, um, gr deflated Jesus. and it was gooey. And, and yeah, I hadn't remember. I hadn't realized that like the challenge had kind of got, I forgot the, how soft the challenge has gotten as far as like what they have to eat in these days where I'm kind of yes. like, would be comfortable doing it. it. It's still gross, but it would be, you know, not like this where it's like, this is I'm with yeah. you, Katura. Don't you dare. Like you could tell me that thing has 500 grams of protein in it. And I'm like, nope, no, thank you. I'm not, I can't even think about it. I can't take it back with me and roast it. I can't do anything. Um, Bruce ends up losing his vote, which is kind of, it feels like karma in the end of like, you didn't try to really get any money. So it's kind yeah. of like funny that this backfires on you. And as the one with the least amount of money, you at the end end up with it all left and don't get anything and lose your vote. Obviously, eventually that you know, ultimately doesn't matter in the end. Uh, it only plays a role in him being able to say he made history on the show. Um, my final thing on the survivor auction really fast is a question when they leave. So he, you know, he, Kelly has gotten the last food item. Mm -hmm. And then he says, you know, Bruce, you have the most and try to fake you out, but like you lose your vote, everyone put your stuff down and leave. Like you're done. Yeah. And Kelly has had that plate in her hand for like 90 seconds or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he tells like, it's very direct, like put the, put everything down and leave. Yep. And I, I kind of, I paused it once and you kind of get a glimpse. It looked like the entire sandwich, like Kelly didn't eat her sandwich. And so yeah. are they allowed to take all of that with them? Cause like on the cake, they have the specific rule. Here's your timer. You have to yeah. eat it right here and now. But even at that one, they like, it, whatever's in your hand it's not your mouth like they all pick up the handfuls at the end and i'm like wait a minute did right. kelly not get to eat any of her shit she just sipped on her margarita and then jeff's like get the fuck out of here and don't take your pb and j with you did that happen 
my understanding is when the auction is over, the food eating is over as well. Um, sort of like when they do, um, when you have an incentive to step out of a challenge where it's like, you can eat burgers for the entire time that this competition is going on. I feel like it's the same deal where like when the auction is over, put down the food, do your thing. Now she could have like shoved it in her face. And it's not like they yeah, were well, to spit is, it out. You know, production gonna uh, run in and rip it out of her hand if she's like, oh yeah. shit, and just like shoves it in her mouth. But like, yeah. I, um, I would love to now, find out that info. I would also like to say, I think that rather than losing your vote, which I hate, I think a better like quote unquote penalty for having the most money. And I did also like that at the very top, he's like, there are no advantages. Just get that. Yeah, that was good. Right I now, appreciated that. Which I appreciated that a lot. Um, I think that they should just lose the ability to take part in the immunity challenge rather than losing your vote, because then you still have agency in the game. Like, or you're still able. You can maybe pick like, Hey, you either don't get to compete or you can lose your vote. Yeah. Like Like you can risk it if you want. Yeah. Cause I mean, losing your vote, like they, there's so much emphasis in like the history of survivor of like your vote is the most important thing. And then to lose it because you happen to have the most money at the end of a randomized number of auction items is sort of shitty, but like it lose your ability to take part in the immunity challenge. Only one person wins that anyway. So it's likely that you still would have lost even if you took part. So at least with losing the option to take part in the immunity challenge, you still have your vote. You still are an active part of your alliance because really like to get ahead of myself, Bruce didn't have a vote and he won immunity. So he could have just as easily sat with Caleb over on the jury because he had zero impact on how the game was played at that point or going forward. Um, So I think like, yeah, I think it makes more sense and it still keeps the game going to lose the opportunity to play in the immunity challenge for sure i'm with you yeah I, I would like them to make that slight tweak but i trust that they will i'm glad they brought the auction back it was a lot of fun and mm-hmm. now we go from that to the next challenge that happens pretty quickly right thereafter they do go to the beach uh but we're there very briefly so we'll just skip ahead to the yeah. immunity challenge itself and if there's anything from that we'll cover it in the following segment but at the immunity challenge there is, while there wasn't really any negotiation basically that took place in the auction, there is a negotiation that takes place at the beginning of the immunity challenge where Jeff, uh, at his most devilish, says, now that you're full and maybe forget briefly what starving is like, I'm going to offer you this massive bag of rice, but I need ha- basically half of you, four out of nine, yeah. to sit out to get it. And then he pulls the... Uh, you want me to like help speed this up? Here's the knife, pull the bottom, and I can tell by you shaking your head. We have very different reactions because I fucking loved it. Um, I thought he pulled it off. I thought it was cool. I thought it was fun. You clearly did not like Jeff poking the hole in the bottom of the rice and forcing them to make a quick decision. So I don't care about the quick decision. I wouldn't even care if he's like, you have 30 seconds left on this bag of rice, and then we're going to this bag of rice that's smaller. I felt that the stabbing it with the knife and watching it all drip into the other bin was just like another Jeff power trip. And I don't know if it's just because I listened to on fire and I've got such disdain for Jeff right now, 
um, in regards to the whole Adam situation that I'm just like, stop being a dick everywhere. You can pick one place to be a dick and preferably it's off our screens and off our airwaves. But I, I appreciate that it made the decision go faster. I don't like, so the reason I don't like it is because D and Emily stepped forward first. Then Katura said like, why don't we just agree? Whoever steps forward is safe, which is what happened when Kane got eliminated from the game. Yep. Cause he stepped forward and then got sent out. Um, but then when Jeff stabs the thing, that means there is significantly less rice by the time that the decision is made for both Drew and Katura to step forward than there was for Emily and D. So really they're getting a lesser deal than what they initially signed up for through no fault of their own. Well, they could have stepped back. I don't know if they could have. It's not enough anymore. I don't know if they could have though. I don't know if that was the thing that they could, or whether it was like you step forward and then you I think they would have been allowed to, it would have looked, you know, the tribe would have been like, wait a minute, what, you know, it would have looked a certain way, but yeah, uh, we're in disagreement because I thought it was very compelling and it was really fun and uh, was, was a good, uh, a smart move. And it was a way to make, make that decision in really compelling and interesting and like put them, put them in the pressure cooker. Uh, they do four of them step up yep. and do it. They lose, I think at least a half of that bag of rice. Like they lose a lot of it. The they bag lost is still, a lot of it. Yeah. It was huge at the beginning. I was like, I believe you that that's enough for all of them for the rest of the time here. It was not the case by the end of it, but still a decent amount of rice uh, that the group will get. Then for the challenge itself, they you know have to hold one armed with straight arm as as they as have to Jake say was repeatedly. Told several times, it's just like, are you sure? Am I not allowed to use my bicep just a little bit, Jeff? Are you sure? Are you sure? Uh, <laughs> uh, straight arm, one arm, four sections. Every five minutes, they move down one until they're at the very bottom, where both the pole they're holding up that has a third of their body weight is leaning to the point of it just gets heavier and heavier the further down it is leaning and the harder it is to hold on to the rope and at the very bottom there's not even the little knot to hold as leverage and ultimately bruce versus julie is the end the two oldest people as jeff calls out there are the ones left standing it's a pretty impressive performance all around uh like a lot of them make it to the final round um thinking how many well one two yeah four of them make it to the final round and six of them make it to the round right before that or basically to the transition point so very impressive all around i liked the game I think this is a very fun one oh, yeah. and uh, I, I enjoyed it all the way up until the moment Bruce won. Yep. Uh, that sounds about right. I, I was also with it right up until that point. Um, and again, just because like, I almost feel like if you don't have your vote, then it seems too much to say, if you don't have your vote, then you can't take part in the challenge. But at the same time, he lost his vote and then didn't matter anyway. So that's why I will I say think, that, yeah, yeah, obviously I have very negative feelings and we'll get to why about Same. Bruce. Cause I mean, they weren't super positive coming in, but obviously they've taken a big turn and I haven't fully explained why throughout this podcast, but um, it is, com- if I w- was a fan of Bruce or was just not holding this immense grudge because of who ultimately goes home and because I blame him for it, uh, it would be compelling that, you know, it's a obviously compelling storyline that yep. the guy who loses his vote after all this, then like, finds a way to win immunity and avoid the fact like he's going home. Everyone on the beach wants him home at this point. That's the main thing we skipped over in the little time they're back on the beach. Everyone's right. like literally everyone in different groups, but every single person is like, we're going Bruce. And all of our nightmare is over. 
and he doesn't even have a vote. He can't do anything about it. And then he, he has wins. an idol. So that is, that is compelling, ultimately. Yeah. I'm just really upset by it. Is yeah. All. And that's the thing. It's just because I'm petty. And I I don't necessarily have anything against Bruce as a person. Um, all based on his oh, character. Yeah, you do now. All about his character so on the show. I'm just like, dude, you like, no, this, no, this can't happen. And it's just, and I, I appreciated that you can't have any element of Bruce succeeding without uh, a check-in with our local correspondent, Katura of just like, this is the worst thing ever. And I appreciate that everything, every time something good happens to Bruce, you get a Katura confessional. And every time something bad happens to Bruce, you get a Katura confessional. Yeah. Um, it's nice to have consistency. It's fantastic. And since I've already used my allotments of F words, uh, I will just say that I did. I had this listed in our outline as mother effing Bruce wins F effity F. That's how I yes, had you it did. listed in our outline. So that's how I feel. And I will finally explain why I feel so poorly about Bruce now as we head back to the beach for the ensuing scramble. So as we just referenced, Prior, the the thing we didn't really talk about from the opening scenes on the beach and then from the brief scenes between the two challenges is that we have at one point all the women talking and saying, you know, women's alliance and our top target is Bruce. We have all the Reba group talking at some point and be like, we're still together. Our target is Bruce. We have basically every member of old Bello that is left talking to someone saying, yeah, like it's, it's time. We all need yeah. Bruce. And we have Katura being like, hallelujah, everyone finally wants to do it, it's Bruce. So prior to him winning, everyone, literally everyone on the beach, this would have been more unanimous than Caleb's unanimous vote. Um, it, it was Bruce going, although he has an idol, and they would have, you know, they would have, I guess he wouldn't have actually went home, but they would have like yeah. 100% been like, Bruce, everyone is voting for you. You will need to play that idol, and then we'll figure out who to vote for after but no one's we're not even doing like a one backup vote on who's the secondary plan. We'll figure that out after we all unanimously vote for you because we don't want you out of here. And so that's off the table. So they have to figure out something else to do. And we'll the there's two plans that are that that come about. We'll talk about Jake first. Jake is the obvious backup plan. The yep. Reba crew is upset with him for, you know, having tried to go against them at the last vote. He's been on Bello anyways. The Reba crew plus Emily, that five is now truly running this game yes. completely without a doubt, especially because they have Kendra and Kelly and Katura all open to we'll work with you if need be and seems like need be. And so Jake knows he's on the bottom. He's having conversations and I have com complimented Jake multiple times on this podcast uh, about throughout the game of him in the earliest episodes, not, you know, making agreements or like just being like, I'm talking to you. So I have to like be yeah. a yes man or say anything. Like I've always loved that he won't do that. And that he's like, actually like, can we wait some things out? Can I say like, I like you, but we're not locking anything in or whatever. And I've really liked that. And he has a moment that I think is masterful again here where he is, I forget who the two women he's talking to. Uh, Kelly and Emily. Kelly and Emily, yeah. Confront, you know, cor not corner him, but they're they're talking to him. Those three are talking. Yep. And they're like, you know, basically like, if not you, we need a name. So you say a name. And he's <laughs> like, well, 
if you guys are actually honest about not voting for me and being open to anything else, you tell me what you're open to. That isn't me. And they won't. And then he's like, well, then I'm not like what you just want me to say a name so that you can just say yes and lie to me and walk away. And I'm not going to do that. And they then eventually walk away at a stalemate and he makes a face at the camera or the camera was in a good angle. I don't know if it was a full breaking of the fourth wall where he kind of like rolls his eyes of like, yep, I, I knew exactly what that was attempting to be. So like, got you, even though you're still going to vote for me, like I got you in that moment. I thought that was masterful. Do you agree that that, you know, he's Um, left in a shit spot here. That was still the right thing to do in that moment. It was the right thing to do. I mean, also the other thing was where they were like, we want to vote with you, but in order for our vote to work, you need to not play your shot in the dark because we need that vote. And then he was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Like, like that sounds could, like that's that's a surefire. You, you want to remove play your the one the small little chance I have at not getting yeah. voted out. No, thank when you. When they when they said that, I was like, Jake is playing his shot in the dark this evening. Um, but I appreciate that he just had those com- that conversation. They're like, uh, well, who do you want? And he's like, well, not me. Uh, would be preferable. And it just kind of kept he's going so around. Funny. Yeah, he's and so he's funny. Just, they said, well who do you like who would you want then he's like well i'm assuming if you're coming to me then you already have a name well yeah but like who would you want he's like well whoever you want is fine by me and just like not giving up that name and there were a couple conversations where it was like drew was also like a master class in that conversation because they had the conversation with katura it was i think it was drew austin and julie they were all at the water well and they were talking and after the vote where she voted for Caleb, they were saying like, we appreciate that you voted with us and like, we can do this moving forward. And she was like, well, who do you want me to say? And Drew was like, in the attempt to be of transparency, because trust you are building. willing yeah. trust building, because you are willing to go with vote with us, you give us a name and we'll do it a hundred percent. Now in any other situation, they would be probably have pushed back a bit, but Katura is just like, yeah, Bruce, a hundred percent Bruce. Uh, Bruce is who I want. Bruce, yeah, they, Bruce, knew, who, Bruce, they Bruce. knew who she was going to say. Uh, yeah. And but she, she was the one who probably said it. knew. They obviously know who I'm going to say, and I'm, I feel pretty certain they're going to be okay with it. So yeah. I feel okay putting the name out to them, but yeah, yeah. Drew, uh, we'll talk about Drew a little bit when we get to the power rankings, because someone may be moving up that leaderboard. Ooh. I love Drew so much. He's the, he's, he's, he's pretty a, awesome. I, I just love this cast uh, a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Jake is obviously just feeling, you know, like he's on the bottom, but then things take a little bit of a turn as there is a new seed planted, uh, which um, I will take at this point, I will reveal the first thing. I knew who was voted out before watching the episode. I did have that spoiled, unfortunately. Um, not so by me. My, perfect, my perfect record, not by Tony. Um, my perfect record, I just, I, I'm... It's it's a horrific thing to say, but I just can't stay off Twitter <laughs> with the ch- when I watch the challenge and immediately after. And there's I, I don't know. There's probably a good a way for I could filter and be like, I really want to see what people are saying about the challenge, but I don't want to see any survivor related stuff. But like survivor activities way more prevalent than challenge activities. So Mine I knew uh, I knew that what was going to happen. So I was not surprised when a plan is then thrown of like, well, if not Jake. Maybe it could be Kelly. 
And Drew plants that seed to his his little fivesome that they've got going. Again, the original Reba 4 plus Emily. And I think it's really smart, his reasoning behind it. And they obviously ultimately go with that reasoning of, hey, I know we want Bruce. And, you know, we've been thinking Jake because he's also against us. But there's this slight concern that, like, maybe Bruce would play as idol for Jake, which absolutely not. I don't know if you guys have met Bruce, but he's not. Um, He talked about it, though. Yeah, he he patted. He literally patted Jake on the head like son style. Like, yeah, Yeah. that's a good idea, son. Like, yeah, okay, I'm going to walk away. Which could hurt him later on. I'm not going to say that I will. I'm not going to say that I won't. But you know that I'm not going to. Right. Okay, good. Um, But. Drew very astutely, I think, points out, and they all realize that it's astute of like, hey, if our threats, if it's us five versus the other four, and we're kind of, they don't use Kendra's name, but they're kind of like putting Kendra at the bottom of the threat list of those four or the most likely to work with them list and Katura, I guess they're not, they don't mention during this, Um, but they're like, if we want Bruce and we want Jake, and we also view Kelly as a bit of a threat, then there's this one idol in existence. If we vote Kelly out now and she has no idea, it's a total blind side. There's no idol in play for her. We vote her out. We then have enough numbers with how many are left that we can split the vote next time, not have to worry about an aisle and still have enough votes to guarantee if the five of us do what we say we do, it'll happen, which is really great planning is incredible strategy and goes to speak to, I think this group of five We'll see because the next week on as it's a TV show, they got to try to tease, you know, stuff. So maybe it will, maybe it won't. Maybe next week is the first time anyone from this five starts to look around and say, it can't actually be the five of us as the final five, right? That doesn't totally make sense. But for the moment, they're like, we have such trust that this group is voting together and feels like it can stay together another vote or two that this is the best path. If we want these three people out, we got to go about it in this order and we remove all bit of risk from our side yeah. of the equation. So I think Drew uh, has, has played the mastermind in every confessional throughout the season, but in this moment, he truly was being a mastermind and really laid it out exactly as, as the field was set. And uh, it's a masterful plan. Well, he also uh, in doing so, and in putting that plan in motion, he got his buddy Austin a full-fledged idol. So now Austin has two because Kelly was the last amulet holder. Yeah, without mentioning it. And the other thing um, that we didn't mention was there was the talk of the girls alliance right at the top of the episode. And Kendra was like, you can see those guys over there and you know full well they're talking about oh, the gonna girls get alliance. And it pans over and they're talking about and i was like yeah right, that Jake, you're the only one got to eat tacos tell me about can you describe what it was like <laughs> to eat that taco dude i just all i need to know about this morning like yep uh dudes being dudes uh yeah, yep. that's great oblivious <laughs> yeah so we had to the tribal council thinking it could be jake it could be kelly and then we go and have that horrible thing happen so at tribal the focus quickly turns to Jake as expected after Bruce. and Jake loses his words uh, for the first time all season. Um, but he regains them because he realized he just doesn't want to answer any of Jeff's questions. He doesn't want to talk about the things everyone wants to talk about. <laughs> he would like to just give his pitch why he shouldn't leave, which is a good pitch. I will yeah. say that once he actually gets to it, his pitch is accurate of like, he's playing, the right notes. I think the right notes of like, this is, you know, 
in in reality, this should never at this stage of the game, this should not be nine people here. There's nine people left at this point, right? So there shouldn't be eight uh, yeah. people. Well, how, well wait, there's yeah. there's ten now. Caleb's first jury member, there's nine playing at this moment before Kelly is voted out. Yeah. So he's making the clear case of like nine people left. There shouldn't be an eight to one vote. Like that doesn't make sense because three at least three of you have to realize that of that eight, you're eight, seven, and six. And so you shouldn't be doing you, especially if you're eight or seven, whatever, you know, maybe this is still me, but it shouldn't be a landslide. I think he makes a good pitch. Do you, did you like that? He was just like, I'm going to keep being like, ah, oh, what was the question? What was the question? You know what, Jeff, could I just make a pitch instead? Can I just not, can you stop asking questions? What did you think about his performance? So I felt that it was intentional. Um, whether it was or not, not hundred percent sure, but I felt that the, like the aimlessness and like the losing place and everything was used to implement the slip of my idol versus unidol so that it seemed like it fit because it's going to be very hard to say that without it just seeming like you trying to grasp at straws yeah. but at this point there's like i think with kelly there's 10 people left in the game because caleb was 11th um so with 10 people left in the game there's already bruce that can't vote so it doesn't matter. But then you also have, there has to be somebody else that's next in the pecking order after Jake. And like that, that little, you saw how well it was placed because of the reaction from everyone of that my idol versus unidol. And everybody knew he was. So I feel like the aimlessness was used to lower his threat level of just being like, I can't even process gameplay right now and then to have that further slip of my idol versus unidol was all intentional um and i i feel like it was masterful in that sense now it could have been completely unintentional and it just worked with what he was trying to do but either way it worked yeah uh that's actually that's really smart i hadn't thought of that but that would make total sense that that gets because that moment does play off much more genuine than it should. Cause it's yeah. obviously a ploy and he obviously yeah. doesn't have an idol, but like, it seems like the reaction to it is like pretty genuine. Like, wait a minute, we actually do have to like, is he fucking with us? Like he's fucking with us. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so that's really smart and that's really brilliant by him. If that's true, uh, that's really smart by him. I think, I mean, the blind, the blind side's coming either way. I don't yeah. think, I don't think he, convinced anyone in the moment that they're actually swayed i think the the five that ultimately vote for kelly were in lockstep going in like yeah this is what we're going to do we're going to make this decision as a group and nothing was going to sway it and thankfully for them they don't have to do a very big acting job because jake taught does 90 percent of the talking at the tribal council and in effect really does a great job covering that like you know if jake just doesn't talk that much has quick answers to Jeff and Jeff has to like interact with everyone. You have to do a little bit more of an acting job and find a way to like not answer questions with an answer to like, not let on that. Maybe it isn't Jake or maybe there's something else afoot or whatever. And so he really like helps them pull this blindside off because Kelly gets voted out and it is, it is like the word blindside is, you know, a decade into being way overused every vote is a blind side in every one of these games at this point. Like, you know, there's the lingo of the, the reality competition show games is just 
all beaten to death uh, by yeah. now, but blindside, the chief among them, there isn't a vote that isn't a blindside. Every vote has to be a blindside, this, that, and the other. This one actually fits the OG definition of blindside, where Kelly was shocked, stunned, hurt, all totally unexpected, had no idea it was coming. And we'll now get to the reason why I blame Bruce is, yes, I think everyone did like rightfully saw her mm-hmm. as a threat, but I do think, and they made sure to give us a couple moments of it this episode and last episode, that it mostly came down to, we want Bruce out of here. And Bruce keeps telling everyone that Kelly is his number one. And Kelly, you know, does the right thing of like, I can't tell this person to his face. Like, no, no, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be. She's told other people I'm I'm not like he says yeah. it. And I just kind of smile and nod and I'll just keep getting information. But like, I'm not, but it is very much because you are a little bit of a threat, but also Jake, isn't the one like Bruce is the person we want out. It, Jake isn't actually the one close to Bruce goes around telling everyone you're his bestie. You're his number yeah. one. You're attached to him. And the same as last week, Jake was like, it can't be D. So it's gotta be Julie. And the same throughout the history of survivor, at least recent history that I'm more privy to. It is like, well, if you can't take the head of the snake, who's the Lieutenant, who's the, yep. the first commander, the second in command, whatever. And in this, it is very much like whether it was the final reason, the most, predominant reason above her just being a threat being on the other side or not it was definitely one of the reasons and maybe the biggest one of that bruce is out there just refusing to accept reality accept the conversations and she was put in a horrific spot by having the guy everyone on the island at this point once out of there walking around being like well i've got one friend my bestie kelly kelly's my bestie and i think that ruined her game and i think that's the reason she's gone is because bruce got safety in this moment where everyone wanted him out and he had told everyone over and over, that's my number one. That's who I'm playing this game with. And that was the biggest of the multiple factors. Cause I obviously don't want to downplay the fact that she was a big threat. Beast, I had yeah. her one or two in my power rankings each of the last like three or four weeks. Uh, she was my winner's pick from the beginning. That was more obviously a blind pick of just, you know, random pictures, but uh, she was a threat, but I think the Bruce element was the biggest element and was the element that swayed them from, we don't need to be that concerned about Jake. We don't even need to do a, I think in a different, if Bruce doesn't do all this, they do a, Hey, we're worried about Bruce playing his idol for Jake. So four of us vote for Jake. One of us vote for Kelly. She could be the backup versus flipping it to, she should be the primary. We can worry about them later. It all makes sense. You know, the whole thing. So uh, that's why I'm mad at you, Bruce. That's why I'm never going to not be mad at you, Bruce. You, you're a wonderful person by all accounts. And I hold nothing against you other than you ruined my favorite survivor player of the modern era's game. Cause Kelly is definitely my favorite player of the modern survivor era. And I'm just very upset that she went home. I mean, I, I don't listen to why blank lost every week to not say perception is reality. And I mean, everybody was told that she was his number one. So in addition to being an absolute threat in every other aspect of the game, she was also collateral damage. I think when the episode aired, when it happened, I think no less than three times did I say within a five minute span, Bruce totally sunk her game. Uh, Bruce is the reason she's gone. And I mean, again, it's like a small portion of why she's gone, but it was what tipped the scale is that 
she was perceived to be a very strong number for Bruce. And if you can't get rid of Bruce this week, if you weaken his alliance, then it's going to be easier to get him next week. And it's funny that Bruce has become like this, like unstoppable force that they just can't figure out how to get out of the game. Um, to the point where like, I could see him ending up being at final three just Not because a like Not through a, a comedy, I'm fine with him going home next week, but through like some sort of comedy of errors where like you see the, it's like an old Wiley e. coyote and Roadrunner cartoon where like they have a wrecking ball that's swinging in and then he bends down to pick up an immunity idol that he finds yeah, and then somebody else gets right by hit. him and then he ducks yeah. again when it comes back through the other way. It's like, how is this happening? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, that, that could take yeah. place for sure. It could. Now, I found it interesting though, like, because normally if it's if it's a vote where it's going to come down to like one vote, you normally see this name, then this name, then this name, then this name. And I really liked that they did it heavy they on, set J- it up on hard. Jake. Oh. And then they just like did a 180. And I liked that. Like, it was really good from a production standpoint because we all know that they go like the votes are all shuffled for dramatic effect. Um, but that was what like that was the clincher was that it wasn't back and forth because if it's back and forth then she has like that build up but there was a sophie and coach comparison early on in the episode and i think it was drew that said it and it's 100 percent true um it was survivor south pacific that coach and sophie were on and sophie's like a absolute genius and she's an amazing survivor player she ultimately won that season she was back on season 40 but she had coach who was just like there and it became like this thing where he was there and it was mutually assured destruction. Like he was with her, whether she wanted him to be or not. And the further contrast is when she got uh, blindsided in season 40, she also forgot her torch. And it was just such a throwaway thing that wasn't a part of the initial comparison, but then ended up happening at tribal uh, because she had never been voted out before because she won her season. So it was the first time that she had been voted out of survivor. I remember that now. Cause I have watched season 40. Uh, yeah. and I remember that moment now. Okay. That makes sense. Well, yeah, Kelly's gone. I'm very sad about it. Um, but I will, back. I will pitch at the end. My, uh, my take on a returning season that would get her on, but if they do a returning season, I think, oh, yeah. uh, she and a lot of people from this cast are, Clear sure the, current, the current jury would be coming back yeah yeah both those two for sure and potential future jury members as well but with that the episode concludes let's hand out some awards first up we mentioned a few of them already but there was a lot of them to go through the quote of the episode so we mentioned the, I don't know, I'm kind of sucking at Survivor right now. Hopefully I stop sucking. That's the goal from Jake. That was definitely a nominee for me. Immediately before that, uh, kind of like anti-quote of the week nominee, Bruce, when he was like kind of, you know, reading Jake is, you know, the rules mm-hmm. of playing Survivor and why everything he had done wrong. He said, you're following a dead horse to water. Yeah. And I don't think that's the right expression. I don't think it's he not. Yeah, didn't I didn't um, didn't I didn't understand. There was he had a couple different expressions maybe mixed up something, I don't know, but it I stood out enough. I was like, "Wait a minute, that was wrong." <laughs> yeah, it's wrong. a mix of something beating a dead wrong. horse and you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink. 
Yeah, there we go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I knew I was knew I was like, wait, these are all parts of sayings. <laughs> and I think you're, you know, you've been on the island a long time. We haven't had the auction at, yet at that point. Uh, did I have any other nominees? I also had, uh, you know, of the many Katura cuts in cut-ins when Bruce was doing something good or bad, when he's doing really bad in the looking for things, we cut to Katura. To my utter joy and amusement, Bruce's basket is empty. She, the smile couldn't have been bigger on her face in that moment. And then I think, I think that's all the quotes I had. Did you have any other quotes or lines from the episode? I have seven. Six of them are Jake's. Um, Yeah, you could just write down Jake is, can we get a (laughs) stenographer in here and just write every word Jake said this episode? Put that, (laughs) put that down. Uh, Katura trying that fisheye when Jeff was like, it'll, it'll get you fueled. Um, and she took like the tiniest little bite and she goes, I'm fueled. I'm fine. It's good. I'm good. And then leaves. <laughs> um, also they, these were back to back, but they were really good of don't go home. That's my thoughts. And then I'm good for not me. Um, we're in that same conversation with Emily and Kelly. Also, just as a as like a banner in survivor of i don't i don't think altruism exists in survivor was a fantastic line um the the like the point petered out but the actual statement was strong and then um when he played his shot in the dark of can we have like caleb blow on it or something as he takes it over um and the first kelly vote I don't know if you caught it, but the first Kelly vote after three subsequent Jake votes, he goes, oh, people are playing Survivor. I did catch that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my he realized it wasn't his Kelly vote. Yeah. Which he, wait, uh, well, did he, he didn't have a vote. Kelly? He didn't have a vote. He had played a shot in the dark. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Never mind. Yeah. So he knew obviously it wasn't his vote. Yeah. So, yeah, so but my absolute favorite of the episode, possibly of the season, and I hope I don't spike the mic when I do this was when Kelly gets voted out and he goes, whoa, sorry, whoa, as like outside voice, whoa, followed by inside voice. Sorry. He learned whoa. a little bit from uh, Caleb's celebration of the shot in the dark of like, yeah, oh, wait, no, wait, someone else is screwed because of this. I should <laughs> I should redo that. I should. Yeah, maybe yeah. you should have just not done it. You should definitely not redo it. But if you're going to redo <laughs> it, yeah, tone it down. Um, yeah, I would. He, you know, I think he also would have been, he would have been very okay. If Kelly would have slapped him, he would have been like, deserved. There. I'm sorry you're going home. <laughs> and totally that was a bit boisterous. It. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that, those were all funny. Yeah. Jake wins the quote of the episode. He is in the, yeah. he is in the leader for at the end of every season uh, on challenge seasons, I've never had to do this for survivor, but on challenge seasons, I have the Dan Renzi award for confessional King or queen of the season uh, in honor of Dan Renzi, the first ever confessional King of the challenge way back when. And uh, so you'll have to think before the season recap podcast, who, who deserves from the earliest days of the show, who deserves the award named after them for being the first ever kind of, you know, king or queen of confessional of just we like this person to talk on screen favorite moment of the episode i will again go first with the nominees although basically all the moments you just said of jake could be 
moments. Uh, the the moment you referenced earlier of the women all sitting around talking to lions and being like, <laughs> I bet the guys are doing the same thing. And the guys are out there being like, Jake, so you got to eat a taco, dude. What was that? Like? What was the taco all about? Um, I love that. And um, the Drew moment we mentioned of him looking at full break the fourth wall and finding the thing right as Bruce and the camera walked past it. And then uh, the squish noises are just so over the top. Uh, <laughs> I know that they might be real, but they're still over the top. I hated it. And then uh, the, the one that I would give the award to that you obviously disagreed with and we, we fully disagreed was, was I, I loved Jeff slicing the hole of the rice. I thought it was cool shit. I thought it was so cool. <laughs> what, what say you about the best moment of the episode? So it would be for me, it was between Jake's like boisterous woe followed by sorry and then a more reserved woe, but still going with woe. It was almost like a Bill and Ted moment, um, which obviously I loved. Yeah, Keanu, then, could, Keanu could deliver that <laughs> so well in a reenactment. Yeah. Oh my God, he would nail that. Oh, it'd be amazing. And then the other favorite moment was as all encompassing the montage of people finding bamboo tubes all around Bruce while Bruce was looking elsewhere um, was just, it was so well done. And it was just like a Benny Hill music cue away from being like top tier. Um, I will give it to, I will specify because like Drew was the best one out of the bunch. Um, I liked everybody looking slightly at Bruce before they grabbed the thing and ran, but Drew staring down the barrel of the camera and just being like, yoink, thank you. And he's really good at television. Away. He's yeah. he's really good at television for being a rookie at television. He's very good at it. Um, yes. Okay, so we will disagree there, but uh, that's fine. Multiple winners can be had. Best gameplay of the episode. Uh, do you have any? I did. I guess I didn't actually write any down for this one. I... Some. I mean, Jay. I the only one we commented on during all the discussion there was that I thought Jake not saying a name and like reading the situation, although it still left him as vulnerable as ever was still like the right thing to do and good. I have uh, to give it as much as I hate to do it because of the outcome. Um, Drew's conversation and Drew's read on the situation that Kelly yeah, is the one beautiful. to get out. Spot like, on. It, it needed to be done, but it hurt when it happened. Um, so yeah, I give it to Drew for just like having that razor sharp read on it and saying like, we do this now they fall apart and we can split the votes and whether I don't even know if he fully realized, and I'm sure he did that it would also enable Austin to get his full fledged second idol. Yeah. It's interesting that they, you know, there's no mention of uh, that at all in this episode. No. There's no mention of the amulet ever at any point. So uh, we'll probably find out next episode, how much drew and Austin have been discussing that and, if at any point, if Austin has filled in anyone other than Drew, because I do believe yeah. Drew knows he has both idols. I and think. Yeah, uh, yeah, if he remembers, maybe they haven't discussed the Amulet thing, but he, he was at least privy to the knowledge of these other yeah. two people have it, and the end result is an, an idol. And I guess actually Dee and Julie both do too. They were told about the idol, the first idol eventually, and they were told about the Amulet. So Yeah, the um, only question becomes whether or not, because everybody was so adamant that, Caleb negated 12 votes that I don't know if anyone fully picked up on yeah, if so we'll they had out. that follow-up and if he's told anyone yeah that they that he said by the way I have my idols good till final five now um 
because it at least even in passing, if him and Drew were chatting comes up of like, oh, it'd be great. Like, even if Drew is convinced, like, wait, you voted and you don't have it or whatever, yeah. like, oh, it'd be great if you like had that idol or like, uh, well, it's like crazy. We almost had two. We have one somehow, some way when they're talking strategy, like it's referred well, to in some Emily. way where there's an awkward pause or a moment yeah. for Austin to either say, I have this or lie and be like, yeah, yeah. damn, we were so close, but like, I wasn't confident we were all going to vote Caleb and like, that sucks that it was unanimous and I still voted or whatever. Um, Emily so vote we'll counting out. is the one that could be the thing. And if she, she would likely, instead of the Sabaya situation where she said it outright, I feel that she would be much more likely to have the conversation with Austin and Drew and be like, Hey, did you guys notice that only 11 votes were read rather than 12? I know everybody says 12 and then that could be that moment, but I, I can't, foresee that emily didn't realize that there was one less vote because it's emily and she's already done it once so you i feel like she would count the votes as they come out but that's the only thing that i can figure that would give yeah, the opportunity but it's, it's double the amount of votes so yeah. who knows and it was such and it was in such a situation where you're like just in awe of like oh my god i can't believe this word like the and then she almost work. got votes as a yeah, result and then, yeah so, so yeah i don't know even someone is is locked in as she is uh maybe maybe she missed it we'll find out uh worst gameplay um you swayed me i was gonna give it to d but you kind of swayed me and i don't think kendra wanting the beer and the the pretzels is like horrible gameplay uh, i give it to bruce so for not taking the money thing seriously yeah it, that's just, like, just come on dude like try a little harder it didn't, yeah, like in the grand scheme of things, it didn't take him out of the running because he won immunity, but like the cause and effect of him not taking the money hunt seriously resulted in him only being given a reward by somebody else who won and losing his vote. Also, in regards to that, I think Jake should have given it to Katura and Julie because Katura was the only one who got a raw deal on yeah, literally a move. raw deal That's... on the thing but Bruce was the only one who spoke up. So I, I would have, I wouldn't have even looks asked. Like he actively didn't want to give it to Bruce. He was like, Ugh. anybody else. Okay. Bruce is like, yeah, what you don't want, you don't have to say him just because he was the only one that responded to your question with like, well, I haven't yeah. eaten anything. Um, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause we didn't say it earlier. That's the bit worst gameplay of the episode. Yeah. There's no, there's no harm. No, like people like kind of assume like, are the bellow people still together, but fractured, whatever. But like, no, you just be like, Hey, Katura, like, I don't, you know, that sucks that you got yeah. that. Like, fish let's eyes. wash, let's wash that little tiny lick of a fish eye you took out with some cake. You're like, yeah, come on up here. Um, yeah, I'm going to, yeah. Worst gameplay to Jake. I can't, I didn't think I would be saying that he had lots Me of neither. gameplay. But uh, yeah. and that's not even really all that much of gameplay, but still was episode MVP. Um, I think it's Jake without a doubt. Me I don't too. know how it can be anyone else. Um, nope. Yeah, obviously one he survived from the gameplay yeah. aspect and entertainment wise, he was uh, <laughs> as strong of an MVP candidate as we've had on any episode all season long. So are we yes. in lockstep there? We are. All right. Well, then uh, he's the MVP. And with that, we'll move to the power rankings and find out if we're in lockstep there as well. I believe last week we finally, for the first time, had the same top five, yes. not exact order, but pretty close, but had the same five people. This week we're up in the up in the ante. We're going full nine, all nine that are left, one through nine. 
And uh, do you want to go first or second in the reveal here, Tony? I'll let you. I'll go first. Okay, let's hear it. So D is still in my number one spot. Okay. Followed by Emily and then Drew over Austin. Katura over Jake. Julie, then Kendra, then Bruce. Okay. So say that one more time in order again. So D, Emily, Drew, Austin, Katura, Jake, Julie, Kendra, Bruce. Okay. Fascinating. So we have the same bottom three. So I think, and I kind of have a line if I were to do tiers instead of grouping, I would say Julie, Kendra, and Bruce are the only three I think are are not going to win. I would say any of the six above them, I could see the path to them winning still. And I could totally see um, them from the editing standpoint, from every standpoint being like any of those six could win. I feel like Julie, Kendra, and Bruce, I'm pretty comfortable feeling like it's not going to happen. They might be final three. They might not, but I don't really see how they're going to pull off a win. Julie's moves are too close to D's and Kendra's moves are and too Austin close Drew. to being she, a group. It's not yeah. that she has one person to get out of the way and then be like, now I can claim rights over this. It's that those four have done everything yeah. together. And the one time they were split up, she was with, you know, another one of them. And Two of them. Uh, so, yeah. And then I think Kendra has just been like, not really, she's voted uh, in the right or in the right, uh, you know, she's one for one or no, she's over yeah. one. Oh, for two, She's, kind of in yeah, voting. Right she people. got Brando taken out from under her, and she got Kelly, Kelly taken out yeah. from under her. Yeah, and then Bruce just you know no one wants him there, so uh, you know he might make it to the final three because of that reason. But I just don't think he can win. My top six were in a not a very different order, but a slightly different order. I guess not that much different at all. Uh, just I had D a lot lower. Uh, I had Emily, Drew, Austin, D. So okay. you had D at the top and then Emily drew Austin. I had yep. D below those three. And then Jake and Katura, I had flipped what? from you. Um, I have Emily first. I think Emily's going to win. And then I think of drew and Austin. I think drew is in the better position. Now, the longer can, this goes, yeah. uh, the better, better he can still claim ownership over everything they've done but less of a threat than the other one which is like the ideal spot to be for me but i still have both of them at the very very top i would love 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 to see it's not the smart thing to do but i would love for them to actually go to the final three together and be like we're not gonna we're not gonna do it we're not gonna backstab each other and like figure it out obviously that's not the right that's not the appropriate thing to do and they should not do that and if they were in the final five together, they should try to get each other out. But uh, I, it would be great to to see it happen one day. Um, and then, yeah, I just think D, she's in an amazing spot. But I think, I just think she's too powerful to, yeah, she's just gonna, you know, she's be gonna the, get Carla. She's gonna be the Jesse. She's yeah, she's gonna, she's just gonna yeah. be that the that person. It happens every season. That is just when it gets somewhere between seven and ten, someone becomes the odds-on favorite, and that person has to then go out at like four or five in brutal yep. fashion when it, and everyone gets to say they played the best game. They were the best. They probably should have won, but they smartly got rid of them at the last, last second. And I feel like that's what Drew D is destined for. And then Jake and Katura, they got work to do, but I, I could still see it happening. So 
Yeah. That's the power rankings as for some predictions and wishes. So what did we have on the next week on? We had that Emily wants D out. She's, you know, taking over mastermind uh, position here. We have um, all Jeff saying all three will lose their vote. Yeah, which is in bullshit. reference to we don't know what. There's nine people left. You're taking a third of the votes away. Just let people play the fucking game. Well, That's we don't my know. It could be some like offer, you know, yeah. like uh, if you want to do this thing or whatever, like go down this path. There's all three could lose their votes, and you know maybe yeah. that path isn't a guaranteed or anything. We will see. Um, I will say though, as much as yes, that that makes me think something I don't like or not going to like is going to happen. I will say right now there's three idols in the game. Austin has two of them, mm -hmm. one of which, you know, came from the very, very beginning. Uh, Bruce has one that came essentially was the very beginning idol that was then recycled back in. And he got last second after the person with it went home. So in reality, they have toned down the advantages in a big way this season from the last couple. They've turned up the vote losing. I think they've kept that the same. I wouldn't say they've really turned it up. I guess well, this one of the auction was the first time, the first like new, newish yeah. thing. Um, but otherwise, they've kind of kept that the journey amounts of journeys and bewares the same and a chances to lose a vote. But as far as the actual advantages in the game, um, well, I mean, there's a few that have been used and or left the game because you know, I guess. Does Drew still have his? I'm just, I just have the, no, he had the goodwill. He had the goodwill that he gave to Austin so he could give up his oh, vote yeah, 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 to yeah. supercharge his yeah. idol and then play the thing. Well, no, Drew still has though the, uh, the, cause he didn't have his bag last Oh, yeah. Night, he so. still got, yeah. He still got the knowledge without power. Yeah. So that's just not listed on, uh, the sheet that I have pulled up in front of me. So, but yeah, I think the point still stands. I think they have tried to dial 25% back on the, idols and yeah. advantages while they've maybe kept the the losing votes at a place that you and i both aren't super fond of but i will give oh. them the little bit of credit that uh you know maybe we'll see if this turns next week but yeah um that so far they've done a little bit better job of not being every week there's another idol there's another advantage there's another this that the other i mentioned last week about how i screwed up the numbers so when season 44 was on they left to start filming the episode before matt didn't have his bag so they wouldn't have seen that situation they would have seen the previous seasons where the tribes were like swapped to a new beach for that portion of the game so they wouldn't have necessarily seen a direct outcome of not bringing your bag um and I believe it was Cassidy was on Why Blank Lost um, last week when they were talking about Sifu and Caleb. And before they used to say, like, bring all your stuff, like bring this, this and this. And now they say, bring whatever you need for whatever. So it's yeah. more vague now. But it's still like you're, if you leave your bag, it's if you leave your bag, it's on you. But also if you leave your bag and then you get put at a different camp where you don't have access to the things that you've rightfully earned in the game. It kind of fucks your game. Um, I guess that was three F-bombs for me this evening. Um, but emotions are high. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was just something that I wanted to clarify, that 
43 and 44 would have filmed together. Kelly was actually an alternate for 43, um, 43 or 44. Uh, I think 44 actually. And then she didn't get on that, went home and then came back out for 45. Um, oh, Cause wow. usually if they, if you're an alternate on one season and you don't get on, you generally do end up playing. Cause I think um, Jay was an alternate a season or two before he ended up playing on millennials versus Gen Xers as well. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. The final thing we'll do real quick then is yeah. so obviously I want Kelly to play again. And so I would like a returning season, second chances, some form or fashion of that. But mm-hmm. as I was thinking about it and thinking about what we've referenced a few times, they're like, damn, like, I know there's only two people on the jury, but like both of them should play again. That would be really fun. What it, have they on any of the returning seasons before? Have they ever done like a season versus season or a season versus season versus season? Meaning if they were to say it's a returning season, it's a new era once so there's 18, it's three tribes of six and each tribe is like one season, like returnees no. from season 45 or a tribe returnees from season, whatever or a tribe returnees from season, whatever or a tribe, because that would be my pitch right now be because in it, yeah. it, and I don't know what, where you would make the cutoff if it's like just anyone that didn't make final three uh, or what, but this season would have a pretty incredible. And I think one, like all fans would agree, like we're, we're good with seeing these six people coming back, Kelly and Caleb chief among them season yeah. 43 in particular would obviously, I think have a standout, like you're picking between just reading up the list. Uh, I guess if Owen and Cassidy aren't available, like Jesse, Carla, Cody, Sammy, Noel, Ryan, yeah, Ellie, uh, mainly Ellie, uh, <laughs> that I went back like that, that group of six, you could get three women and three men very easily that you're like, I think everyone would be in agreement that we want to see all of those people. And then maybe you'd go back a little further to like a late 30s season um, that has a really standout one. But if you wanted to stay just new school, you could go right to 42 before and be like, Jonathan, Lindsay, Omer, Drea, Hi, and Tori. Like, yeah, the six. I would like the last I, six removed before the final three of forty-two makes a pretty incredible and compelling six-person returnee cast. Um, so yeah, I I would like to see anything that gets Kelly uh, back on the beach, and that would be a format I would be pretty interested in. So I will say, hundred percent on board with yours. I will also add one of the ones that I've been wanting is new era versus old era and have like an assortment you could even then you would have like your kelly's and caleb's and jesse's and carla's and noel and everybody on a tribe together collectively bump the amount of days up to like 30 so that you're somewhere in the middle of the 26 versus 39 and then fill out the like the old school like the old era with anybody like your fan favorites, the people who still want to play, like that sort of thing, the people who want to come back and show them like how it's done for also play in the new era with the new era rules. And I'm thinking people like Davey or like um, Gabby or Victoria, like people like that, that would be game to come back. Um, I think that would be a really compelling season two to have flat out new era versus old era. How big are tribes in that situation? I I would want 10. Like I would want 10 to 12 per tribe. And like two tribes, just do it normal. 
you don't need to do the swaps because you don't really want to like intermingle everyone you want it to be like a true one against the other and then like obviously still merge and everything like that but i wouldn't be as keen to see a tribe swap it's sort of like when they did rider dies on the challenge and everybody was in partners and they're like just getting two teams and then they're like just kidding back to partners um i would rather just see like the two tribes and then they merge and then go for broke yeah okay well that's those are our ideas but one way or the other please invite kelly back and yes. i'm sorry that you lost kelly and i'm sorry that it's bruce's fault and Likewise. i'll blame him forever for that that's survivor 45 episode number seven 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 no eight eight episode number eight there it means there is what so there's nine people left and uh but so four more episodes and then a finale yes because there's usually a five-person finale yeah it's a five-person finale and they're gonna finish the week before christmas is on a monday so they will definitely they are smart about their programming and when people watch tv and stuff unlike other programs that shall not be mentioned right now that are horrible <laughs> at their programming um and we'll run right through all of the holidays, right into the Golden New Year. Girls. Uh, Golden Girls. Uh, Gilmore Girls. My wife is currently finally watching Gilmore Girls. Like 20 Fantastic. Um, but yeah, so I think five weeks from this last Wednesday puts us the Wednesday before Christmas, which I believe will be when the finale is. Um, so yeah, you've got a few more episodes left here of Tony and I breaking it all down. Any final words or other things to shout out, Tony? No, I mean, like, I'm stoked that Jake's still in the game. Um, it was an it was a no win scenario for me at that tribal because it was either going to be Jake or Kelly, and I adore both of them, and I would love to see both of them play again. Um, I'm excited you to see play how again. Jake's about to win. Well, you don't don't act like true. he can't win. He could win. He can win and play again. It happens. They do all stars. Okay, yeah, they could do winners and all stars and stuff. He would definitely make an all star roster. That's for sure. That, there's he's, one. We can just do new era all stars. He's uh, surprisingly. We haven't discussed it yet, uh, but as far we mentioned for the first time earlier, the first you know full season award. Emily was well, well in pole position <laughs> for full season MVP, um, especially now that she's continued to stick around and now is in like a power spot. Yeah. Jake is the only one like closing ground on if so, if if someone can run down Emily and steal the season MVP from Emily with respect to Drew and D who are who are doing who are doing their thing and are very enjoyable and respect to all of Katuras anti Bruce confessionals <laughs> um Emily was way out in front but I think Jake in the last two episodes has really closed the gap and made this an actual competition for, uh, true. for the full season MVP though. I would say those two are definitely the odds on favorites right now in my book. Jake is the one that I can most relate to on a personal level. Like I feel like I see so much of myself in Jake and how he's playing the game that I cannot help, but absolutely root for him unequivocally. Yeah. And even if you can't, he's just, he's very easy to root for. And he's very, yeah. you know, he's got an, a very likable position now of like, yes. you know, try, trying to play survivor as he keeps saying is like, I don't want to just vote with everyone. I want to play. And it's just not going his way. And uh, yeah. 
He he continues to, in his own words, he's kind of sucking at Survivor the last couple of episodes, but he's still here and he's doing fantastic on the entertainment front. And uh, we'll see if he can start to do a little better on the Survivor front. Yes. Um, But I'm confident no matter what, uh, whether he goes home next week or wins, he will continue to do well on the entertainment front. So absolutely. That's all we've got for you this week. Thanks as always for watching. Uh, Links in the show notes if you want to chat with either of us about Survivor, the challenge, anything. Go follow Challenge Fandom, follow, subscribe to Challenge Historian here. And thank you all so much for watching. We'll talk to you next week sometime between Thursday and Tuesday. Have a good night.